0: Hello, it's the 27th of May, 2020, and we're going to talk about Yemen. At least we're going to attempt to do so. It's not an area that is easy to talk about because there is too much information. So where do we go with this Yemen issue? It's an issue that troubles us all, And what are the groups involved? What are the factions involved? Well, like many situations, there are too many factions. It's a fractured nation, Yemen. You have the very, very weak Saudi-backed forces of President Hadi. Uh, These are really almost irrelevant, as is, is, I suppose, President Hadi, except in so much as he has Saudi backing. You have the stronger Saudi-backed and Emirati opposed al-Isla. Now note this, these are far stronger people uh, present throughout Yemen. Al-Isla, the al-Isla force is also known as the Muslim Brotherhood, I guess. It's a kind of version of the Muslim Brotherhood, although when you're using terms like Muslim Brotherhood in places like Yemen or Libya, they don't really translate to what Muslim Brotherhood actually means in Syria or Egypt or Turkey, where it has a very distinct identity that is intolerant, let's call it that. I obviously, now the United Arab Emirates opposed the Muslim Brotherhood for obvious reasons. The Muslim Brotherhood, it had some influence among, amongst Emiratis at one stage. It's therefore a profoundly disturbing group to mainstream Emiratis, particularly had it had its influence was in the populous northern emirates so the UAE strongly oppose al-isla because it's perceived as a Muslim Brotherhood group but the Saudis back al-isla because they're the only people that can fight that have a vague affinity with President Hardy, and because President Hardy's forces are irrelevant. So the Saudis back Al-Isla, sort of, and the Emir- you, you think these two are on the same side, you get the picture, Saudis backing Al-Isla, Emiratis opposing, indeed fighting Al-Isla, and yet you have a Saudi-Emirati alliance in the war in Yemen against the Houthis. So they're very confused already. And remember, you have South Yemen, Aden, and then you have North Yemen, Sana. Uh, they were two separate countries for many, many years. And then they, they were united by uh, invasion from the North. The North invaded and took over the South. But of course, historically, you go far enough back in time, they were one country originally, you could argue in so much as this collection of sultanates and sheikdoms were ever one country. So in the south, you have a thing called the Southern Transitional Council, headed by Ida al-Zubaydi, who's Abu Dhabi-based. Yeah, he lives in Abu Dhabi. He heads the Aden Southern Tradition. Well, he goes back and forth, obviously. But he has Emirati support, so he based himself where his supporters are. And they're a strong group. You also have a historically important... Group, which is less relevant now, called Al-Hiraq in the South. Well, Al-Hiraq, Al-Hiraq, what Al-Hiraq? I mean, they're, they're a little group now. They used to be a major fighting force. They, they've been de- demonstrating anti-Emirati demonstrations. Well, of course, they are frustrations aren't there in the South. Anti-Emirati Emirate demonstrations, anti-Southern Transitional Council demonstrations. So you could call Al-Hiraq the opposition in the South. They're frustrated. Why they are frustrated? Not because well, they're frustrated because the, uh, the corruption and covid virus which is ruthless in yemen and the misery and the poverty and the failure to deal with the problems and they feel the southern transitional council hasn't done what it should do so they're frustrated they've been demonstrating and of course um, the stc have been shooting the demonstrators you know typical uh, and killing them so you have all these different factions and then you have answer allah Commonly known as the Houthis. Well, the Houthis are a religious movement. The Houthis are a whole wedge of people who are zaidi. I mean, they, they they they're Muslim people. With, you might call them a cult, if you, I guess. They, mind you, cults disparaging, and I don't mean it like that. But they have they follow a particular guy. They're not really Shiite, but Iran has taken them as. Shiite. Ansar Allah is a political wing of the Houthis. Political, one military wing. And they, they fight. They're tough. I mean, if there were no foreign interference, then Ansar Allah would have taken the country by violence. Well, that's the truth of it, isn't it? So there you go. That's a muddled picture for you. Uh, And obviously the groups in the north and the groups in the south are seeking legitimacy, wanting to rule. And the UAE and Saudi Arabia have very different agendas in the south of the country. It's where we're at. Saudi legitimacy in Yemen is waning, and there's the additional crisis posed by COVID-19. There are estimates that 50% of Yemeni citizens may have been come infected. Well, that's going to be the same worldwide. You'll be able to say that 50% of American citizens have come infected, but in America, they have fairly decent hospitals, one assumes. can cater for some of these people in Yemen come on no chance ways forward there is a chance of political and economic stability and some some suggest we could have a federal system for Yemen to promote that you know kind of kind of five Yemen's five sort of major regions of Yemen operating within an overall national framework well I say some suggest the Emiratis like that idea of course they do, and yeah, it's a it's a very credible idea. Others I've spoken to, uh, some Saudis have have backed the idea of splitting Yemen back in two, and that's a credible idea. Actually, I quite like the idea, South Yemen and North Yemen back again. Uh, they're such different countries anyway otherwise you're riding a tiger trying to keep Yemen united because while you keep Yemen united, they're all fighting each other. I don't know. So, And of course, any solution it has to be acceptable to the various militias, the tough guys fighting in different parts of the land of Yemen. Now, there has been a declaration of independence made by South Yemen by the Southern Traditional Council. But does it have grassroots support? It might do. Is there sufficient money coming in from the United Arab Emirates? Does it have grassroots support in the absence of that? I don't think ordinary Yemenis care. They just want an end to their misery. How many of them are ideologically driven by issues of nationalism? I don't think so anymore. Anyway, that's just a supposition. So how was the state of the war? Well, the Houthis have been doing very well. Houthis, I mean Ansarallah, or whatever you like to call them, the forces fighting against the Saudi Arabian-backed forces in the north. There are soldiers on the ground. Of course, the Emiratis lost hundreds of men. No Official figures that don't reflect reality, I don't think. That. A lot of fighters from the Northern Emirates joined the UA army, and a lot of lives have been lost. Saudis have had people imprisoned, captured. The Houthis, or the Ansar whatever, have been romping their way across, uh, leaping into Saudi Arabia. It's a war. Well, how are you going to win this bombing? You're not going to. So, um, And the, the numbers of bombs that have been dropped on Yemen is incomprehensible. Now, up to a year ago, the Saudi forces were trying to break the Houthis. But in the face of international disapproval for the, the vast levels of bombing, and remember, even Britain has expressed concern and put some constraints on arms sales. Britain usually sells arms like uh, giving out cups of water. It, it doesn't give a damn as a norm. But, but yes, they, even Britain has raised an eyebrow at the level of just slaughter and bombing. Um, so, so the Saudis have had to, had to try different ways and started to pursue slower different avenues, slower in the sense that they're not going to win a quick war, but then nothing will win a quick war in Yemen. And now there uh, one new dimension I must bring to your attention, this, uh, remember this Emirati back guy, Idarus al-Zubaydi, who heads the Southern Traditional Transitional Council? On 20th of May, he visited Saudi Arabia. Now, what do you reckon about that? On 20th of May, Idarus al-Zubaydi visited Saudi Arabia what have we got going on maybe there's hope for a rational beginning of the end of all this misery yes i I guess you could say the houthis are losing their popular mandate because the war because of their level of war crimes their inability of this this war goes on and on and on so there have been even divisions within the houthis yemen is is full of factions meanwhile of course the miserable situation in north yemen starvation in north yemen Mass starvation in North Yemen because the international community has decided not to give aid because aid is being uh, delivered via the Houthis and they don't trust the Houthis to behave themselves. I mean, yeah, well the Houthis would take the aid and feed their soldiers first and then pass on what's left to the civilian population. It's natural, isn't it? And the international community doesn't like that, so. They say, well, you can't have anything. And then, and then the international community watches as the people of North Yemen starve to death. Oh, we're such great ones. We tried. I mean, there's an excellent man that has been working for the British, well, a British guy working for the UN, and uh, Griffiths, Martin Griffiths. He's been doing superb work, but mostly he's been negotiating ceasefires in the Port of hadeda and so on. Ceasefires are great. I mean, he wants to do more. He wants to have peace talks. He wants to foster peace talks, but but ceasefires are great. Pe- ceasefires are only just what they are. They're ceasefires. They never deal with the situation. Organizations like Hamas in their conflict with Israel always having ceasefires. Tell I tell them forget it. What's the point of a ceasefire? It just prolongs the war. I wonder how many ceasefires in history are really worthwhile. Well, no, that's some of them are good, but by and large they don't really help. They're way that the international community can pat themselves on the back and say what wonderful good people we are. Look we pulled a plum out of the pie and here it is. It's a ceasefire. What it is is more blood you have on your finger not a ceasefire. It's just another chance for people to regroup and for more fighting come down the road. So it's not the answer usually in my view. And this uh, broken up patches of sovereignty. I mean, there was a kind of tribal system where tribal leaders would get funding, usually from Saudi Arabia, and then money would trickle down to the people. It maybe is the is a way. I mean, the Houthis have been doing this. They've had agreements with the tribes in the north, not dissimilar to the previous Saudi, Saudi agreements with the tribes, promising um, provision of funds that would trickle down. Where they're going to get the money from? God knows. But that's. The kind of promise they've been making and the saudis of course is so it's like walking on eggshells you can't even talk about yemen with the saudis princess basma uh, well princess basma is an outspoken lady no wonder she's been in prison but she but she's been in prison for saying one or two words about saudi politics i mean the saudis all decisions go through Mohammed bin salman power is centralized And because power is so centralized in Saudi Arabia, it creates a kind of paranoia and uncertainty as to how to operate in Yemen when things are not going well. And then when things are not going well, the guy through whom power is centralized, in this case Mohammed bin Salman, gets grumpy. You can understand, I get grumpy. If I was in charge and things weren't going well, I get grumpy. And then if somebody like Princess Basma came and pricked me with a mild, criticism I might well boot her into jail but come on now she's been jailed with her daughter and it's not like the others they go into a luxury hotel she's in a prison this is a house arrest fine but in putting her in a prison we do believe in freedom of speech and um, I would certainly appeal to Mohammed Bin Salmander I mean okay Princess Basma's an irritant but don't imprison her it's just not nice Um, And the GCC is falling out over Yemen, of course, growing disagreements within the GCC. The UAE approach is becoming more favored by Western governments. Yeah, it challenges Saudi regional hegemony. I mean, even in the Yemeni context, I suppose the UAE are viewed more lightly than the Saudis. They're not necessarily... I mean, they've, they've been an enemy force for the Yemenis, but they're not viewed as a colonizing force. They're not the best position to broker peace, of course, the Emiratis. And let's be clear here, by the way, Emiratis have a, a second agenda here. I mean, Mohammed bin Zayed Al he's obviously had to. Uh, this, this uh, Mohammed bin Rashid has been the one, I, as I understand it, has been pushing the Yemen war. But, but Mohammed bin Zayed, the UAE Crown Prince, and he has to. He has to sign off on all this stuff. What are his motives for supporting the SDC? Well, he'd like to gain Aden as a port under UAE hegemony. So nobody's innocent. But that's fair enough. That's the way things are in the Middle East. You can't complain about UAE wanting greater hegemony when you've got countries like Britain and America romping all over the Middle East having uh, hegemonic roles but uh, back to COVID-19 the COVID-19 pandemic is really bad and, and of course it's bad in America it's affecting the American bandwidth with regard to Yemen so America is not really thinking about the Yemen issue like it did uh, America's tension span is limited but it is concerned about Yemen it concerned about Yemen because it's concerned about uh, concerned about iran and it regards yemen or oh, the houthis as puppets of iran it's they have a lot more autonomy than lebanese hezbollah or the iraqi militia so that's debatable but and their interpretation of shiism is, is completely different from that in iran but of course iran has historical ties to yemen everybody has various ties, some of which are dubious. It's quite possible that the Saudi backed al-Islam we were talking about earlier, the kind of Muslim Brotherhood, may get more tied to Al-Qaeda in the region and become a more mainstream uh, militant Islamic movement. Al-Qaeda is still very prominent. Al-Qaeda in the Arabian Peninsula is still very prominent, particularly in South Yemen, uh, up in the hinterland. And uh, it's wrong to think that Al Qaeda is gone. It hasn't. Uh, I'm talking old fashioned. I'm not talking about Islamic State, IS. I'm talking about Al Qaeda from way back. That big old bugbear is still strong in Yemen. And they may be developing closer links with Al Islam ways forward i mean i said uae couldn't be an intermediary iraq could iraq has been in my view or certain iraqis then specifically iraq has um, a relationship with, with the main players it's one of the few nations or people from iraq could have that kind of role meanwhile iran and saudi arabia are sort of on the back foot but they're waiting also to see who the next u.s president will be because they realize that's going to affect the game. I'm afraid it may be Donald Trump again, so don't bank on major changes. But Back to this COVID-19. COVID still hitting Yemen hard. Starvation is hitting Yemen hard. War is hitting Yemen hard. We need a way forward, and we need all energy to be focusing on peacemaking roles. Uh, We we can't get Yemeni men to sit down. We should get Yemeni women to sit down. Any peacemaking role in Yemen counts and matters. There's not enough second-track discussion. Too much is left to the United Nations. They think, oh, well, he's trying. Well, Martin Griffiths is trying, great man. But it's also down to others. Also down to doing second-track work uh, because the governments of the world have failed utterly. So they're a waste of space, a waste of space. So it's down to the Second Track community to really pull their fingers out because we've been doing nothing to help Yemen. We've been weeping crocodile tears. We've been listening to the news reports, watching them die and doing nothing. And it is time for the Second Track community, the international peace builders, to actually stand up, step up to the mark and do something instead of complaining. We all have a responsibility here for poor Yemen. Okay, thank you.